You'll hear it in a minute. We'll get started. I'll introduce you, and I'll introduce the show, and then we'll just start talking. And then... This is Key Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and you can listen via phone, or please use your Bluetooth if you're driving around. You know, we live in a world where nothing that is on your resume is going to guarantee you success, much less security or happiness. And no matter how many degrees you have from however many prestigious colleges you attended, No matter how impressive the job you hold, there is no longer security. There is no longer a safe means to the end result of success. My guest tonight, Tamma Keeves, claims this is a good thing because now you have no excuses, none whatsoever, to pursue a career you do not love. 
Tammy Keeves is an honors graduate from Harvard Law School who left her law practice to write and help others live their calling. She's the best-selling author of This Time I Dance, Creating the Work You Love, a highly sought-after speaker and career and success coach, and she has helped thousands worldwide discover, launch, and thrive in the life, calling, and businesses of their dreams. She's been featured on Oprah Radio, and tonight we are so fortunate because she is taking time to be here and help all of us. So, Tama, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? Oh, I am being good from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> it's great to be here. It's great to have you. Your, your book is really terrific. And, you know, I came up with my first question before I even read your book. I actually came up with a question when I read your bio, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, I don't think I would have had the guts to do this. What would my parents say to me if I told them that, oh, I'm not going to do law practice anymore. I went to school and did all that. <laughs> but now I'm going to do this. So I wanted to ask you, what was the catalyst for the career? change you know i think like so many of us i was just so unhappy you know i just uh i'd gone to harvard law school and i was on partnership track for a major law firm and i was doing really really well and i'd walk into that office every day and just feel like i was dying feel like something was like desperately wrong and i kept thinking what's wrong with me i have what you're supposed to have in the american dream of supposedly what success is but I just kept feeling like there was something else calling to me and something else calling to me. And I think so many of us know there's this other life in us. And I had always secretly wanted to write. And I got to the place where I I literally felt like I didn't want to live anymore. I just got to that place of feeling so unhappy because I felt like something's wrong with me. I have what you're supposed to have and it's not working. And thank God a friend of mine said something amazing. He said, think about it. If you've been this successful doing work you don't love, what could you do with work you love? That's and a really that, good point. Isn't that a great question? <laughs> really <laughs> and it's just like, wow. You know, it was just logical. It made sense. And I thought, my God, you get one lifetime. You, you know, you get one lifetime. Probably get millions of lifetimes. I don't know. But, like, right now, I know I get one lifetime. And I just thought, I want to know in this lifetime where this would go. I had this secret dream of wanting to be a writer. It's all I ever really wanted to do. And I just thought, I want to find out. That is really cool because, yeah, you had a secret dream that you knew about, and yet you didn't pursue it. You went into law school, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until after that that it came to you. And I love what he said to you, just, you know, look at how successful you are at something you don't like. Imagine what you could do if you if you exactly. really like something. You know, that's and, and a, the reason, by the way, that I didn't go after that secret dream, because a lot of us don't go after our secret dreams, is because it wasn't encouraged. The, the culture, the conditioning, you know, I grew up mm -hmm. in a Brooklyn, New York, Orthodox Jewish family, and what I got was, you're going to write? You're going to write? <laughs> you're going to starve, you're going to write? <laughs> so, so I, like everyone else, just immediately just started burying what I was. Just like I just made that assumption that, well, of course you can't do what you love. Of course you do, can't do something creative. Of course you can't do something that means something to you. And so I think so many of us make that decision. And, and, and I think too that um, one thing that you said is, you know, this isn't the, what the uh, what success is. And you know, I did everything, so yes. this is supposed to be yeah. for success. The meaning of that word has changed drastically <laughs> over the past like 20 years. Yes. Be just financial. That's what everybody. That's how I was brought up. You're successful yep. if you're making money. Yep, absolutely. And and in in my new book, the the one I'm on tour for right now, um, inspired and unstoppable, wildly wildly succeeding in your life's work. I define wild success as um, going past. It's you know, wild success isn't about your portfolio. It's not about your possessions. Wild success is about knowing that you're doing the right thing with your time on earth. That's what wild success is. So I, yeah. I want to plant that seed for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's throughout your book. Uh, you know, your book is a great guidebook for people because it will show you and inspire you and have a person stay focused mm -hmm. so they can get to their the dream life that they want. Because you really can't plan an inspired life, can you? 
<laughs> Definitely <Wow>. not. <laughs> Definitely not. Of that, you know, I have a chapter in Inspired on Unstoppable called "You Can't Plan an Inspired Life," and it's exactly on that because so many of us are trying to figure out, well, how would it happen? How would it happen? And my best story of this is is that where, you know, when I first left law. Um, I decided I wanted to write and I wanted to write and I was following that inner voice and that inner instinct and it took me 12 years to write my first book and I had no idea it would take that long but I, I think you know I was um, doing so much else besides just writing you know you're healing you're undoing old beliefs but uh, the whole time I didn't have an agent or a contract or a publisher but I just had this desire and this bliss and this knowing that I was supposed to do this. So I finally finished writing it after the end of 12 years. And then my instinct was to self-publish it, which was scary because, you know, I didn't know anything about marketing or, you know, putting money into it or anything. But the most amazing thing happened to me. It's it's my favorite story of <laughs> of four months after I self-published my first book. And again, had listened to this voice, listened to this instinct the whole time without a plan, without you know a business plan, a linear plan. Four months after I self-published, I got an email out of the blue that said, your fairy godmother has arrived. And it was an email. I thought it was spam. You know, I thought I was going to open it up and it's going to be Russian girls are waiting for you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who the heck gets an email? You know, your fairy godmother has arrived. But I don't I know, but I it. want one. I want. Oh, you're going to want one when you hear what it is, baby. Um, I. It was a vice president of marketing and publicity for Random House, and she had just found my self-published book. She was going through a career transition and was miserable and found my self-published book and wrote to me and said, this is the best book I've ever read in my life on finding your calling and doing your passion, and I want to get it to a major New York publisher. She got it to the president of Tarture, which is part of Penguin, my most desired publisher. And for me, the miracle of that, like you can't plan an inspired life. You know, most of us are stopping ourselves because we're thinking, I've got to know the plan. I've got to figure it out. I've got to know the steps. I've got to map it out. But my whole point is that if you follow that inner instinct, it's going to lead you where you couldn't possibly imagine. How could I plan that I'm going to spend 12 years following this inner instinct? Somebody's going to have a meltdown at the end of 12 years. We're going to hook up. She got it to the publisher of my dreams. They published the book. I became an A-list author. I mean, just like I would never have started off at that level had I followed a very linear, planned path. So I'm always teaching my clients, you can't plan an inspired life. It really is about learning how to listen to your instincts. And, you know, it's the key ingredient in everything we do is to stay focused on the positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and we need to be persistent, and, and we can't leave room for doubt because, you know, that will kind of ruin it, people will say. But having said that, do you think it's possible to prepare for the possibility of failure without sabotaging yourself or letting your failure become a self-fulfilling prophecy so that you can live that inspired life? Absolutely. You know, I think that one of the reasons I wrote Inspired and Unstoppable is I wanted people to know that this is a journey. You know that so many times we read so many self-help books and it's the five easy steps and the, you know, 30 days to your new life. And, you know, and I'd get miserable. I'd read them and think, oh, my God, I'm failing self-help. You know, like yes. I didn't get the new life. You know, it's 80 days later I have the same life. And, and so what I, I wanted people to know that you're going to be wildly inspired at one moment and totally, totally believing in things, and then you're going to be totally, totally not. You're going to be totally all of a sudden like doubting everything and thinking, what was I thinking? And so I wanted people to know that that's what this journey is. When you're following a creative instinct in you, when you're following what you're meant to do, it's going to be the courage to say, I'm going to be inspired, I'm going to be in love, I'm going to know what I'm meant to do, and then I'm going to doubt it, and I'm going to come back. And so, again, I think that you know it would be too much pressure for us to think that we're never going to have doubts. Doubts are going to come up. Doubts are meant mm -hmm. to come up. That's what this journey is. But it's what we choose. It's, it's will you choose the love inside you instead of fear? Will you choose again? Will you believe in yourself again? Will you do whatever it takes to get inspired again? You know, like if you have to listen to a CD or read a book or go to somebody's website, whatever it is that gets you inspired again so that you know what you really want and what you really are. And, and I'll agree with you except for one thing. The mm -hmm. journey, yes, it is a journey, but I think if people read your book, their journey will be quicker because I agree with that woman who said this is one of the best 
books out there as far as getting the job done to get where you need to be. And if you really do what it says in your book, and I've done self-help books. We've all done them. And like you said, 80 days later, you're thinking, okay, you know, 30 days to a new life. It's like, hello, three months, nothing's happening. You know, where are my angels? Where are my guides? Where's my fairy godmother? Whatever it is, you know. Exactly. But I, that's when I, I by the that, way, that's when I usually look at the back of the cover and I think, oh, great, she's the author's thin, she's blonde, forget it. <laughs> that had to have something to do with it, even though nobody saw it when they saw the galley come through. Exactly. <laughs> But still, your book, I really think it would make it come quicker. I mean, do you mm-hmm. think that? I mean, I know it's your book, but don't you think? Well, hell yeah, book? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think if you buy thousands of copies of my book, it will absolutely come quicker. <laughs> no, I, no, I do believe that. I, You know, I think that I'm one of those authors that I write what I needed to read, you know, of that I was desperately searching self-help books to find, you know, to, to find ways to have the courage because I would read those books and it all seemed so simplistic. And then, then a lot of times I'd read business books, you know, of like, okay, how do you really do this business and how do you really do your dreams? And, and they would be kind of intimidating or crush my spirit. You know, they'd be like, oh, my God, you've got to do 5,000 networking meetings. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. And so I couldn't find what I was desperately looking for, which was a way to find my own way to succeed, a way to access my own power, a way to listen to myself and my inspired genius instincts. And so I think I, think I try to tell all the stories of, you know, what happened in my career. And then I'm also a coach and I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and artists and visionaries and just telling some of their stories and how they shifted something, how they moved forward. So, yeah, the book is totally meant to to be a coach to you, you know, to sit there with you and to keep encouraging you to know what you know what you know, to listen to yourself, to listen to your dreams, to listen to your desire, to listen to the vision, because these times are demanding that. You know, these times I think we're living in times where the traditional is falling away and the practical is falling away, and these are the times to really listen to that inspired creative instinct that we all have. Yeah, because we were all taught you go to school and then you continue your education at college and then maybe you go to grad school and that's going to give you an edge to a great job and a higher salary and then you'll climb the ladder within the company that you work for and one day you're going to be successful and it just doesn't work that way anymore and I don't believe Mm -hmm. there are any safe roads when it comes to careers today, do you? Mm -hmm. Not at all, you know, of just that I think that's, I think that model is dying. I think that... You know, I, I make the distinction in the book the difference between linear success versus inspired success. And linear success is exactly the path that you laid out. You know, that cookie cutter, you do this, you get that, you do this, you get that. You know, of just that, you know, you get the right job, you get the right bonus, you get the right salary, you get the right swimming pool, you get the right therapist, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't work and especially now with everything shifting and changing. Uh but in inspired success is that it's it's not about the steps. It's you know, it's not it's not about somebody out, outlining steps for you. It's about being moved. It's really about being moved. And so that's all I'm ever trying to do is that if I can help shift somebody's thinking, if I can help them start thinking in a new way or advocating themselves or starting to listen to their deeper wisdom, you know, they're going to be moved. They're going to, because again, we all have gifts. We all have astonishing capacities in us that the world has never seen. You know, you've never been here before. Your gift has never been here before. If you weren't doing this radio show and the work that you do, you know, the gifts that you have have never been here before. And for someone else to outline how you should make it, those models are dying and inspired success you just don't know where it's going to go it's like one moment leads to another leads to another and it's really about learning how to listen to that instinct within you well that's true and even in in uh, the, the corporate world people will be working in a corporate job and something will come up and they'll move companies and all of a sudden they've gone from being you know the accountant in a company to now they're you know a designer in another company and mm-hmm. people will say well, how, how did you do that they might not even realize they were living an inspired life. Things were just happening, and they look back and say, oh, it was just a synchronicity. Things fell into place. But they really were being inspired. They just didn't mm-hmm. catch it. 
I think that's absolutely true. I think that's absolutely true, and I think that's happening for all of us that, you know, I think life right now, there's so many uncertainties going on, there's so many changes going on, and so much uncertainties in the world, but I think what I wanted people to really know is that there really is a rock-solid path in each of us, that there really is a sense of certainty, that you're really not out here in the wayward depths of like, ah, you know, like when things change like that, like the example you just gave is great. You know, when, when something changes like that, you're going to have the resources to deal with it. You're going to have the ability to deal with it. I think I think change is in your favor. And so, again, I think these are the times that we're really learning how to trust in something else besides that linear, mapped-out, old way of thinking. Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, when you look back through history and all that everybody did, I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. Like, you know, I mean, Harry Truman was, what, the 33rd president of the United States, and he was a farmer. And he didn't have a college degree. He was the only 20th century president who didn't have a college degree. But he ended up overseeing the end of World War II, the start of the Korean conflict, and the use of nuclear weapons which, you know, against Japan, which is still controversial today. And that worked for those times. But if we fast forward to the current day, there are so many people who go to college only to graduate and get a job as a bartender or sales clerk or doing something that is totally unrelated to their degree because they need some job. So they take anything they can get. Now, some of these people get lucky and it actually leads them to a job that they really are meant to do, their inspired job. But do you think that in this world that we live in today, it's necessary to have a college education to be successful? I I don't. You know, I'm just so fascinated by the example of Harry Truman. I didn't know that. I was just like, wow. He's a cool guy. I like him. That's, that's really, that was just such an interesting, I think that's really great. And I, I love, that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example right there. Didn't have a college degree. He was a farmer and he becomes president. I mean, it's like. Yeah. One of the best you know, ones we ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's just such a great example that, again, I, you know, so many of my clients uh, will always think they need a college degree or, you know, they want to become a coach so they need certification or they need to go back to graduate school for this or that. And I'm not a biggie on that. I mean, if you really feel called to to go to school, I think that's really dynamite. But I think a lot of times where many people go to school because – they're insecure. They feel like, I'm afraid to trust that I have a gift. I'm afraid to trust that, you know, I'll know what to do. Or just sometimes it's so uncomfortable, you know, if I'm if I'm leaving this job I hate, but I really don't know what I'm doing yet or I don't have this business yet. But everybody just says, oh, I'm going to school. So that's all of a sudden an okay thing, you know. Mm. And But, you know, going to school can cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and you're going to be in the same position sometimes. So when I work with a client, what I'm always asking them to look at is your love is your credential. Your gift is your credential. You have a talent and a gift and an amazing presence in you. So many of us don't even know the gifts inside us, you know, that just don't even know how amazing they could be if we tapped them. So I, I think your love is your highest credential. I mean, I have no I have no degrees whatsoever to be doing what I do at this point. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> that's why you can keep yourself out of trouble. Right? I could sue you, right? That's all that's all I ever learned. I didn't learn how to heal you. I didn't learn how to advise you. I didn't learn how to guide you, right? I mean just I have no I have no credentials whatsoever, but the credential I have is my life. The credential I have is I shifted my life. I was un- incredibly unhappy, and now I am wildly happy. And I lead retreats all over the country. Um, I'm, le- I'm leading a five-day retreat uh, at Kripalu in Massachusetts next week, actually, on, on this topic. And uh, just I-, I feel like my life, my demonstration is the credential that I've shifted myself. And that I think in these days... That's what we're looking for. If I'm if I'm hiring someone else, I just want to know that they can get results. I don't care what paper they have. I don't care what what's on there. I mean, yeah, maybe my surgeon, maybe I want him. Maybe yeah. him I want to, maybe him or her I want to have a degree, maybe. You know, but I don't care, you know, if I'm really miserable and you can get a result, I don't care. You know, so <laughs> you know, I don't care if you're going to do voodoo. If you can get a, get a result, let's get the result, you know? So So, again, if you're holding yourself back thinking, well, I don't have credentials, your love is your credential, your guidance is your credential, and your life could be your credential. 
And it's interesting that you bring that up because one of your, I love your inspired successisms, okay? And one of them, my favorite one in particular you wrote was, that's the thing about creative work. It's not about work. It's about the pouring out of love. And I thought, it's so true. And that's true about everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything. Absolutely. And I think what's challenging for people to realize on this path when you're starting to do creative work or entrepreneurial work or something from your love or something from your soul, you know, most of us start like coming at it the old way of, you know, like, okay, I'm going to make myself do this, you know. So when I was writing a book, you know, I like I I applied my type A crazy personality thinking, okay, I was an attorney. I used to be able to bill in, you know, six minute increments. I'm just gonna make myself sit down here and write a book. And with creativity, you can't do that. You can't force it. You can't make it happen. You can't make yourself be great. You know, so much of this work, especially if you're wanting to find a calling or you're wanting to live a calling, it's really about relaxing. It's really about relaxing and it's really about undoing all the blocks and all the old beliefs in the way. And so, so much of my own healing was in learning, you know, with with creativity, I became its servant. (laughs) I did not become its master. You know, I did not become the Mm -hmm. person who mapped it out. I was the person who... I had to learn how to access different. I had to learn how to relax and trust and come from love instead of fear because fear was the one that said, okay, you just got to force it. You got to make it happen. You got to prove yourself. And so many people who are doing their own businesses or trying to find a calling, they're coming at it from a left-brained way when very often this is a right-brained soul path. It's different. It's got different rules. It's got a different paradigm. And that's really what I was trying to outlay in this book is that, Mm -hmm. you know, that these are different paradigms for success and you cannot use the old ways to create a new success. Right, not in this world that we live in, you know, and it's funny because when you start to do things, even if it's, even if it's not something creative, but you just get involved in something, you get into the zone and you realize, gee, I started at 8 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden it's 6 or 7 o'clock at night and you didn't even know it. The time mm. goes by. And that's when you know you're doing the right thing. But you're right because fear is a huge factor in every decision we make. People don't make decisions because they're afraid. They're afraid of a change. And change mm-hmm. isn't easy for anybody, especially when it involves life-altering situations like your career and what you're going mm-hmm. to do with your life. So mm-hmm. how can people overcome their fears so they can get to the place where they'll be living and working their passion? Mm, what a great <laughs> question. <laughs> Wish I knew. No. <laughs> the, mil- the million dollar question of, first of all, I don't think it's a one-time shot. I don't think that it's uh, you overcome your fear once and then you're there. Because I, I made that mistake thinking that, you know, that it's going to be, for me, this whole life, this whole career and the rest of my life is going to be learning how to overcome that fear. Because people, I don't even think people realize they're in fear. You know, I think a lot of times people just think they're being realistic. They're just mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, it's just realistic. Come on, the, the economy is this way, and I have this mortgage, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You just don't walk out. And I mean, so people just think they're being realistic or being practical. I think a lot of times they don't even realize sometimes that it's fear. And so, so much of what I teach people is how to start cultivating a different relationship with yourself, how to start cultivating that champion or coach or loving presence within. Because I had a very negative critical voice that just told me I couldn't do anything or it's not ever going to work or that kind of thing. And I've had to learn through this journey of how to start coaching myself, how to be, how to listen to the voice of love that says, but there's a reason you're called, but there's a reason you have this dream. There's a reason you have this desire. And so I think it's really starting to learn different ways to do that. So, like, I have different techniques in the book. One of them is called Inspired Self-Dialogues. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I just, like, have people write out their fear. You know, so, like, if you're thinking, you know, you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'd love to do my dream, but I'm scared, then maybe you're going to write the fears. Like, I'm afraid I won't make money. I'm afraid this. I'm afraid that. And you're going to really write the fear out. 
But then you're going to imagine that you're listening to the most loving, strong, amazing present voice you have ever heard in your lifetime, even if you have to make it up. You know, so some, some people have a spiritual path, so for them it might be spirit or God or, um, you know, whatever they believe in. Some people might think of it as a nurturing parent or a nurturing uh, friend. Sometimes when I did this exercise the first time, I, I had to think in terms of what would I say to my absolute best friend, someone I loved, or my child, someone I wanted the whole world for, what would love say to that person if they had this fear? So I did that exercise back and forth where I had, you know, wrote my fears and then I wrote that loving answer. And for me, it was like all of a sudden hearing a different perspective, like all of a sudden hearing different possibilities. And I personally, I use that technique all the time because I deal with fears all the time. You know, if like if you're going to be alive and you're going for your next level of creativity and genius and beauty, you're going to be facing the unknown, which is also the beauty of this. So I think it's an ongoing path, but... I think, you know, another another quickie step might be if, you know, somebody's listening and they're not ready to leave or it's not appropriate for them to leave because sometimes it's not. Maybe just do anything you love. Do anything you love right now. If you love yoga, go do yoga. You know, if you love painting, go paint. If you love talking to one of your friends, go talk to one of your friends. Anything you do, not think about doing, but anything you do that, you know, you love, you're going to get in a different energy. You're going you're gonna to feel a different consciousness. You're going to feel a different chemistry. You're going to feel a different strength. You're going to feel like things are more possible when you're doing something that you love. And all of a sudden, you're going to have different perspectives. And things will come to you faster because you'll be in a place where you're bringing things to yourself or driving yourself actually toward the things that you love. Mm. You yes. know, when you're when you're in a place of doing things that you like rather than doing something you don't like, you are constantly driving down the road of what else do I like, what else, and you're able to pick and choose. What do I want? I'll pick this, I'll pick that, I'll pick the other thing. You know, no, really. And, and But if you're doing something you don't like, then it, you seem to come up against roadblocks all the time, and, and it's frustrating, and it's, you know, it's just not really what... Um, what you were hoping for. Absolutely you know? true. And and what peop that's a great point. And what people don't realize, when you're in a job that you don't love or you're in a situation that really doesn't fit you, you're not in your element. And when you're not in your element, you feel scared, you feel weak, you don't feel like you have possibilities. So I have a, a great example of this that I always share with clients of, you know, I, I've been doing this work now for many, many years, and thank you, God, I've had a lot of good success. I, you know, I get emails all over, you know, from all over the world, like, oh, my God, your book changed my life or your retreat changed my life. You know, so I'm very, very grateful. I've had good success with it. And even so, a few years back, I remember getting, um, I don't remember, it was like some notice that there was going to be some Harvard women's uh, luncheon for lawyers or something that happening in my city and normally I would never go to something like that but I said okay you know I'm healed now I'm cool you know I can do this <laughs> right you know, like, I'm, I'm fine now I'm a national author look at me woohoo right you know so and I thought well you know I could pick up some clients lawyers are miserable I'll go so I I went to the luncheon and what was shocking for me was in minutes I was not in my element. You know, they were the mm -hmm. whole thing, the whole purpose was we were supposed to be regaling about how much we loved law school or like remembering law school. And like I hated law school. <laughs> and they were all talking about how much they loved it and how phenomenal it was. And all of a sudden, I was out of my element. All of a sudden, I was no longer the famous national career coach. I was no longer the best-selling author. I was all of a sudden just feeling really, really insecure and starting to mumble and starting to eat too much and you know, just, just starting to feel rotten. And it was amazing to me that even at this level in my career, that could happen. And it made me have such compassion for somebody who is in a job or in a situation or in a marriage or, you know, any situation that's not totally your element because you don't realize you start thinking differently about yourself or you start having different possibilities or, or, or limiting your possibilities. So I think what you said is brilliant of that the more that you're doing something that you love – it opens up even more things and more things and more things. And the more that you're doing something that you don't love, I think it closes more things and more things. Sure, yeah. You, you, shut, you shut yourself off from it because you're not ready to accept it. You, you don't see it. You don't even see it, so you can't even know it's there knocking on your door. Mm -hmm. You just can't. 
We're talking with Tamma Keeves, author of Inspired and Unstoppable, Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work. And you can learn more about her at her website, TamaKeeves.com. That's T-A-M-A-K-I-E-V as in Victor, E-S as in Sam, dot com. Well, let's see. You know, sometimes there are people who we look at and we say, wow, they're really lucky and success just comes to them all the time. Everything they touch turns to gold. They have the Midas touch, whatever. And and there were other and they're thin and blonde. No, exactly. <laughs> and, the the book. <laughs> and there are some people who work and work and work, and yet success, it's just not an overnight event for them. And in some cases, it completely eludes them. It's challenging to remain focused, and it's challenging to remain patient during the mm. process. Mm-hmm. So do you have any tips on how to do that so that people don't give up? Because this is what you hear all the time. You know, just as I was going to give up, things broke. Yeah. Well, you hear it everybody, okay? You don't hear it from the person who says, just as I gave up, things broke for someone. And they don't know that it was going to break. So mm-hmm. they just went back into the the negative aspect of their life. But we always hear that. How do you know, I guess, when to really, when do you pull the plug? When do you stay? Mm. Mm, great question. You know, I, I think, uh, first of all, if you can pull the plug, if something in you is saying you could do it, maybe you should, you know, of that, that you know, for those of us who just feel so called, it's like it's almost impossible to pull the plug. It's like, for this I came, I can't let go. And there is the the desire to do that of, you know, to think, well, it hasn't happened yet, so I should just give up. And again, that's what I wanted people to know, and I'm so glad you're bringing this up about that really for many of us who are really pursuing something meaningful, anything that's meaningful takes time. I don't care if it takes your whole life. I want mm-hmm. you to keep going no matter what. That's why, you know, when I wrote Inspired and Unstoppable, my whole point in that is that, you know, for me, unstoppable isn't being like, you know, walk on coals, walk on fire. You know what? I'm, right. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm pretty timid. We could tell that from the book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. You know, yes. But for me, but for me, being unstoppable was I decided I wasn't going to stop myself. I decided that a thousand doors could close, but I'm not going to stop myself. I'm going to choose again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to believe again. And so, you know, to answer your question of, you know, when do you know when to give up or not, I think so much of it depends on how you feel. If you could give up and feel peaceful, then I would. You know, if, if if that feels really peaceful to you or relief in some way, then it might not be giving up. It might be a creative evolution where you move on to something else, like you learn something from that and now you take it into a different form and that was part of your education. But if you can't feel peaceful, I mean, if there's something in you that feels like, but this is what I'm meant to do or I want this still, I want this, I would never give up on it. I would never give up on yourself. So one of the one of the techniques and one of the concepts I offer in the book is because I was a driven crazy person, you know, recovering driven crazy person. And and in our society we like go for immediately instant gratification or or we think that if I do this, I'm going to hold out and this is going to the big bang is going to happen later. You right. know, I'm going to put in all this time and then whoa, the big bang is going to happen. And what I want people to know because again, this is a different paradigm. Inspired success works different than linear success. I want to teach you to succeed all along the way. I don't want to teach you to succeed at the very end. That's a loser's choice, you know. If, mm-hmm. if like you hold out, hold out for someday, I want you to succeed you know, I have a saying of, you know, success comes in the middle or not at all. Success comes in the middle or not at all. And so one of the techniques I offer, one of the stories I tell in the book is um, at one point during this journey for me, um, I had been doing freelance writing and I had this photo album where I used to keep all these, uh, you know, articles that I had written. And one day I was putting an article in that I had just gotten published and I was putting it in there and I noticed I felt really bad. I noticed I started feeling really sad and icky and whatever, and I thought, God, what the heck is that? And I started paying attention, and I almost heard this like inner voice that was berating me, that was saying, you know, oh, you, you know, oh, you're so pathetic. You're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, celebrating this achievement. It's not like you were published in the New Yorker. It's not like you're published, you know, in O Magazine or anything. This was some, you know, little local thing, and it was really horrible to hear this 
self-criticism going on. And I I think we all have that. Like we're so hungry for big achievement that we start negating everything we're doing. And so then I made myself start looking at what would I have seen, you know, the part of me that had never been published five years ago, let's say, you know, at that time, you know, five years ago, then uh, who had never been published, we'd gotten rejection slip after rejection slip, form rejection slips, you know, of how would she have seen this moment? How would she have looked at, you know, being able to have a photo album filled with articles? And so I always tell my clients, look at your life, you know, from five years ago. See the success now. Don't be looking at the gap between where you are and where you want to be. I want you to start succeeding now. I want you to start championing your championing yourself now because if you don't champion yourself all along the way you won't stay with it you won't have the stamina you know and and the other thing about stamina just really quickly too is uh i work with so many people who immediately want to do what's practical want to do take something that's safe and so you know when i first started doing this i really 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 wanted to write a book and the practical part of me kept saying no you should do articles you should do articles because that's safer and you'll get a byline and you'll get some money or whatever instead of you know a book is way out there but what ended up happening was I ultimately did not have the stamina to stay with writing articles because I would get all these rejection letters and I just didn't have the stamina to face that because it wasn't what I really, really wanted. And so one of the things I will always teach somebody is that if you compromise your desire, you compromise your strength. If you compromise what you really, really, really want to do, you're going to compromise your strength to get there. So when I finally decided I really, really wanted to write a book, I could go through 12 years of that because it's what I really wanted to do. So, again, part of staying with the journey is staying very clear about following what you really want, what your real desire is, not what you should do, not what other people think you should do, not what you think is going to make money, but where your energy is, where your passion is, where your desire is. Keeping your focus and taking a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's awareness and and. You have to start small. I love, uh, oh, what's his name? Will Smith. He mm-hmm. was talking about his when he was a kid, you know, he wanted big dreams, had big dreams, and, you know, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. And his father, one day in front of his store, it was all, there was all brick on the face of the store. The father took all the brick down, and he told his kids, go out and every day lay a brick, lay a couple of bricks, mm. lay some bricks. So every day they did that, and their job was lay the brick and be glad that you laid five bricks, ten bricks, twenty bricks, whatever you did. And and he said, and that taught me that you don't look at the big picture, you just lay the bricks and be grateful for the success of that. Mm. And then the big picture comes and you're all done. And I thought, what a great story. I oh love my that. God. I Isn't love cool? that. Yeah, I do too, because if you, we all want the big success, but like you mm-hmm. said, and it's in your book, there are other successes along the way, and they're small. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if you just write one page, one paragraph, yeah. one sentence yeah. a day, yeah. do that, because the day will come that you sit there and you're on a roll, and it's almost like it's being channeled to you, and mm-hmm. you're just writing and writing and writing and mm-hmm. writing, and, and all of a sudden, oh, look, I have a book. And- I love that. And also, I think in our culture, we also don't recognize the hidden or intangible successes, meaning, you know, so much of my own work in this journey wasn't just the physical stamina to sit down and write a book or to, you know, do a coaching session or whatever. So many of my greatest achievements were things that no one else will ever see, meaning they were the times when I was depressed you know, that I was really depressed and I felt like I'm never going to make it. It's never going to work. I should just eat my way through the refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I should get really practical here. And it was the times when I was able to shift that thought or journal something that made me feel better. No one else is going to see that success, but that's huge. So I'm always encouraging people to celebrate all your successes. It's not just the big things or it's not even just the tangible things. Like maybe you... You know, maybe you've always wanted to go to the gym and you still didn't go to the gym, but today you got the brochure about where the gym is or the classes at Mm -hmm. the gym that you wanted. It's like, to me, that's a success. And so I want to, I always want to break it down into the tiniest ways because if you can start championing yourself and believing in that, you're going to go all the way. 
And I love that brick story. It makes me want to take down a take down a store and rebuild it. <laughs> but seriously, you know, it's kind of like anything else. You have to start with a foundation. And it and people, you're right. People don't look at the small things. It's the small things that make the big things so great. If you don't yes. recognize the small things, the big thing doesn't have the impact. It just yes. it can't. It yes. can't have that same feeling for you because you didn't you didn't recognize as you were going through. I don't care if you're cutting out a pattern and sewing a dress. I don't care if you're cooking. If you if you just, you know, it's the difference between cooking from scratch and buying Bisquick, okay? <laughs> you can buy the Bisquick and put it together. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I made, you know, I made biscuits or something. But if you do it from scratch, you see everything. And it really does make, and, and you can really savor it and live in the moment. And and all of these things come down to that. You know, it really mm-hmm. does. And But one of the other blocks I see people having a lot Mm-hmm. is comparison. People mm. compare to how come that person has it and that person has it. And it's not, I've done this. I still do it. Every once in a while I'll come up with, oh, my God, I can't believe why that person just started something and they're already way ahead of me. I need mm-hmm. to catch up. Well, mm-hmm. you don't need to catch up because where you are is meant to be. And if mm-hmm. and now every time I start to do that, I think, okay, if I take comparison and I subtract the judgment, take that out of it because that's really not good, put in discernment, then I can have admiration for that person. So to me, it's like a math formula. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And I I suffer from that same disease. Everybody <laughs> so, does. We're human. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and so, like, I literally, I literally have come up with something for myself about because I almost feel like the image I've come up with is it's almost like you're looking over at your neighbor's garden and you're seeing how beautiful it is and you're not watering your own. Because you're mm-hmm. so busy agonizing about what they have, what you don't have, you know. So, of course, on a business level, we're thinking, oh, my God, look how perfect their website is. Or, oh, my God, look at what they're doing now. But the, when I'm doing that, I'm not taking care of my own garden. And, right. again, no, you have never been here before. You don't even know what's possible for you. And it's always coming back to that. And I, and love, I, love, what you, I love what you said about being present. Of that was another one, you know, for me that's been one of my biggest blocks is, again, in success. I just want to get there. I just want to get there. I just want to get there. And as, certainly as a writer, when you're having patience to write a book, you cannot do that. And so I finally realized that I have a slogan with myself that's actually in the book uh, where I talk about when you get here, you'll get there. When you get mm-hmm. here, you'll get there. Because when I slowed down enough to just be in the present and to just be doing what I was meant to do, then all of a sudden I felt this strength and I felt this goodness and I felt this authority and I felt I felt everything I could ever want from success down the road. I didn't even need success down the road because I was having success in the moment. So I think that's true for all of us. When you get When you get here, you'll get there. Slow down to where you are, putting your presence and love into something and something else is going to happen and let's face it you were you were schooled in an area law where mm-hmm. you didn't have that luxury right right you were Absolutely. so you had to go you had to make a 180 yes completely and you did yeah and people you know people always say to, people often say to me like oh well you know of course you're successful because you know you went to harvard law school so you could do anything blah 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 which i certainly understand why they would think that but i always say first of all imagine you know like how horrible your inner critic is or how horrible mm-hmm. your own inner voice mine has a harvard law degree yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is not pretty and <laughs> it's and so much of what this path is is that it's about love you know, so I'm skilled in, you know, I was trained as an attorney to think in terms of liabilities or to think right. in terms of what could go wrong and risks that could go wrong. My whole career path at this point is what can go right. And mm-hmm. it's about love. It's My whole career path is not from my head or my mind at this point. It's from my love. And that's why I think everybody has access to that power. Everybody has love. And for me, it's a spiritual journey. It's like there's something brilliant and bright in each of us that's calling us to be what we're meant to be. And it's really learning to say, I'm going to trust that more than anything my mother told me or my father told me or the education system told me. I'm going to trust that, you know, there really is a force and a love and a genius that's available to me if I tap it. And I agree with that because, you know, everybody is on a spiritual journey. I don't care if you're the person who's collecting the trash on the street, paving the roads, store clerk, bartender. I don't care who you are. You're mm-hmm. all, we're all on a spiritual journey. It's just a matter of finding it. And that's yes. 
that's all it is. And you did a 180, and that to me is remarkable because to be so entrenched in you know, being an attorney, and you don't sound like an attorney at all. I like you. <laughs> Yay, thank you. <laughs> you know, attorneys, you, you throw a rock, you're going to hit one. <laughs> and you <laughs> hope so. so. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to harm anyone. No, no, no. <laughs> you no. know, but it's true, though. You know, it really is. And, and you you were entrenched in that. Mm-hmm. You were just totally immersed in that, and to turn around and come out the other side and say, oh, wow, and that really is a 180. Now, you have a quote in your book that is um, from A Course in Miracles, and mm-hmm. I, I I have to ask this question because I, I read it, I did The Course in Miracles, and I've always wondered what other people think of this, and it, Infinite patience brings immediate results. Okay. <laughs> infinite patience brings immediate results. It's almost oxymoronic. But yes. what does that mean to you and how does somebody have infinite patience? Don't you hate that quote? <laughs> I do. I do. I, because I was here to learn patience and the only way I'm getting patience is I have two cats and one of them, her name is Patience. <laughs> I love it. And That's how I'm you- getting them. And I love it. I love how you speak because anybody that speaks with the rhythm that you speak clearly has no patience, which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> of, um, I have actually taught A Course in Miracles for 20 years. It's um, definitely my oh, no. path. Yes. So uh, I love that saying, even though I struggle with it. Infinite patience brings immediate results. It goes so counter to everything we've learned, and it's yeah. that, and that it's that. Again, it's kind of that thing of if I slow down and if I enter here and I just say I'm going to give myself this infinite patience, if it takes my lifetime, if it takes 10 lifetimes, whatever I need, whatever's available, if I slow down with that kind of love, it's an immediate result. You already feel differently. You already you've already got the goods. You know, like when I like I said, when I stopped craving to get somewhere so fast and make a result and make, you know, like for so many years, uh I had this plan that I was going to um become famous as a writer. I was going to publish this book and become famous and then I was going to teach classes and uh do you know, do speaking or whatever. But what was happening is that people were coming to my classes and I was doing speaking before I'd finished writing the book and I kept thinking, No, don't come to me, I'm not famous yet You know, like go away, go away you know? And and I kept dying to finish to write the book because that was going to be the big thing. And then when I finally realized why don't you just drop down into your present moment? Why don't you assume that the exact circumstances in front of you are everything you need or everything you need and that there's something perfect in what's in front of you and if you approach it, it's going to reveal itself that way. When I started doing that, I didn't need to get somewhere else. I started teaching my classes out of pure love and pure grace and suddenly it's like, I don't need to become famous to do this. I'm already doing it, you know. And then, of course, ironically, I became famous because, you know, mm-hmm. those people then were the people who rushed out and bought the book, you know. So, again, that all of us, you know, so many times, as much as I'm going to encourage somebody to follow your calling, shift your life, do what you're meant to do, I also want you to embrace where you are. I also don't want you to make your life wrong. I want you to know that there's something perfect about your situation that's going to help you. And you asked before about, like, leaving a job. One of the Mm -hmm. other ways you know how to leave a job is that you're so unhappy you have no choice. You know, that, that sometimes, you know, a lot of times people beat themselves up, like, I wish I had your courage or I wish I could do this. And it's like... You don't need my courage. You you need to be where you are. And if and when it's right for you, you'll know it. You'll be moved. You don't have to make yourself move. You'll be moved. So I love that saying. I mean, it's a good one for me. Infinite patience brings immediate results. Like when I give myself permission and patience for the rest of my life to listen to this voice, that's the result right there. See, and I always thought, okay, I'm being patient about this situation, and I'm not seeing any results, but it has nothing to do with the situation, <laughs> you know? Because I am patient with other people, and people mm-hmm. will say to me, you're such a type A personality. How do you possibly go into a treatment room and work on people? I don't know, but because I can do it, I know it's what I'm supposed to do. You know, and, so because, and, and, you know, like when you were saying to me about me doing a 180 of, you know, being a lawyer and then doing this, I think people like us are bridge people. I think, I think we are going to co-create a new mainstream. I think the universe used me, you know, like said, hey, let's just send her to Harvard Law School. Let's give her all this credibility. Let's give her all the fancy stuff. So that way she can talk all this other stuff and people are going to listen to her, you know. And so, 
<laughs> and you're, you know, there are going to be people who resonate with you because you are a type A personality and they're going to trust you. They're going to feel an authority or something from you that they need that. So uh-huh. I deeply believe that we we need to see more and more people who are using their whole mind, all of their minds, you know, of being left-brained and right-brained, being, you know, a type A person and holistic, you know, of just that I think we're moving into new capability. I love meeting people like you. <laughs> well, I loved having you on the show. We're almost at the top of the hour. Um, I would like, though, before we go, there's a paragraph in your book. It's actually just a, a couple of sentences that, for me, seem to sum up everything. And I loved it. And I, I wanted to – is it okay if I read it? Sure, please. Okay. I don't know what you it do. is, but go for it. <laughs> well, it's in your book, so it can't be bad, go ahead, right? Try, yeah. <laughs> you didn't come here to get gold from the world. You came here to give it. I love that because it's so true. If people just realized that a shift in perspective would make a huge shift in their existence, and really, wouldn't that make for a much better life for themselves? Oh, God, yes. Not to mention the whole world. Oh, God, you know? yes. Because we're all waiting for permission to use our gifts. We're all waiting for permission of, well, when I get a publishing contract, then I'll write a book. Or when my job allows me to do this, I'll do X. And we're all looking for the approval. We're all looking for the permission or the validation. And that was for me when I realized, you know what? I didn't come here to get gold from the world. I came here to give it. That's the new paradigm of success. You know, if you start giving your love now, you start giving your genius now, you'll get the validation. You'll get, you'll move. And it's like, no, it's time now to no longer wait to use your gifts. Every one of us has gifts. And this planet needs our gifts. And everyone around you needs our gifts. So again, uh, you're here to give that gold and you won't even know it's gold until you start giving it. I didn't even Mm -hmm. realize it was talented until people started saying, wow, this is really good. I didn't know that. You know, it's like, I'm sure like when you work with people and they receive the benefit, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I have a talent. Right. So until you give the gold, you won't even know that you have gold. So yeah, I love that quote too. Yeah, that was great. It really was. And we're almost at the top of the hour, but before we go, I'd really love it if you could tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, your workshops, where they can purchase your book, and then don't hang up because I'm going to put you in the green room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, please join me at TamaKeeves.com. And again, um, Tam is T-A-M is in Miracle, A, Keeves, K-I-E, B is in Victor, E, and S is in Sam.com, TamaKeeves.com. I have um, out there, if you go out there, I have an inspired success launch you kit it's free you can download it it's video coaching it's audio stuff there's an excerpt from the book there's all kinds of free stuff to really just start helping you live this amazing life because i'm one of those people that need to be reminded over and over and over of inspiration and so there's a lot of free gifts out there tamakeeves.com you can download the inspired success launch you kit or get my newsletter that's monthly keeps you going also please join me on if you're on facebook at all i do i do coaching on facebook i do just a, a theme every day, every morning to keep you going, to keep you focused. I have an amazing community of creative, visionary artists, soul healers, career transitioners out there. It's just, it's amazing out there. Uh, also on Twitter, just please join me on my calendar page. You can find out all my retreats. Like I said, I'm at Kripalu next week, um, but I'm, always, I'm all over the country. Uh, I'm on tour right now with Inspired and Unstoppable. You can buy the book uh, in any bookstore. If you choose, uh, if you buy the book now, though, and you contact us and give us your email receipt, or you can buy it on my website through Amazon, you'll get a free uh, coaching call. I'm doing a group coaching call based on Inspired and Unstoppable where you can ask questions. You can read the book and ask your questions. And so if you buy that um, within the next two weeks, you can get on that coaching call. So uh, I hope you get a chance to do that. I'm so glad. Can't wait to meet some of you. And I'm so glad that you're doing this work and making this available to people. And thank you for your gift. Well, thank you very much. I loved your book, and I have to say, it's not just you who needs to be inspired regularly. We all do, and this Mm -hmm. book really will do that for you. There are so many, so many tidbits of information in here. Even if you just take a couple of them, you know, if you can't do everything, just take a few. It really will help you. 
So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. If you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, share it with your friends. Send the link to the show so they can be made aware of all the wonderful things that are offered here. And all of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all. And as every single one of you are aware, they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy and Awareness Radio from all these wonderful guests who share their time and expertise with us. So be sure to pass the word, make others aware, share share it with your friends and family so that they can grow and learn and make this world better for everyone. Thank you again, Tim. I'm really appreciative of you taking time to come on the show and share your valuable information with us. I, this was a great show. I, I, I loved it, so I am very, very thankful. Yay! Um, <laughs> it was great. And on behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday for another great show. For more information about me, you can visit my website, quantum-wellness-center.com. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. So take care, stay well, and remember, living from your heart is so easy. You need only give thanks to do it. Have a great week.